0: So he's back in. Shipped it off on the sideline, third
1: and one. Tannehill with a fake.
2: Keeps it himself. A ton of room to roam inside the 10. Tannehill all the way to the end zone. Drew it with a great block and a 45-yard run. That middle opened up and away he went. This is
3: called the Derrick Henry effect. I want you to watch both of these guys
0: react to this play fake right here.
3: Everybody's convinced that Derrick Henry has the ball. And by the time they figured out that Ryan Tannehill had it, he was doing an end zone dance. And that is something else. That is the Tennessee Titans. An element of toughness and then
2: some play action or run action off of Derrick Henry's face. On a third and one fake that everybody. Amos was a deep safety. He went forward as well. Untouched to the end zone. Titans right
0: back. Welcome to the transatlantic Titans podcast. It's the 45th episode, which is Ahmad Hall. Um, and we've got nothing against him. So we'll crack on. It's, it's a festive new year edition. We've actually got together between Christmas and new year, despite a shellacking in green Bay and Lambeau field. Um, I should introduce myself, really. I'm Adam. Um, well, if you don't know that by now, you know, we, we, we are getting a new, new listeners at this point, surely. Miles um, and Greg are with me. I think we should um, we should go straight to you, Miles, um, on the back of a, a heavy-ish defeat in Green Bay. Um, you need to bring us back up. That's your job. Take it home.
1: Yeah, normally it's been quite a uh, easy job to sort of get everyone uplifting and positive for the season but it feels like this time of year it's always a little bit more difficult to try and say come on guys the Super Bowl's not far away you know make sure you've booked off the day after the last uh so the first uh Monday that follows the Sunday in February but um to be honest I was a little bit disappointed at the game I was trying to my my overall outcome from it was like it just wasn't on I was just a bit disappointed, and I was trying to look back at games and think if I've seen situations like this before. And when I was looking in the eyes of the Titans players, it took me back to something that I hadn't seen since 2005. And it was um, a film called Goal. I don't know if anyone's ever watched the film Goal. I don't want to spoil it for people, even though it has been out for 15 years now and is a classic. Um, but part of the film, there's a Mexican player called Santiago Munez um, who's, who's never seen Rain before. And he goes to train with Newcastle and he has an absolute stinker and Kieran Dyer and Patrick Cliver and everyone's giving him a right hard time. And it took me back to what the Titans looked like. And it looked like they'd never seen snow before. And, I'd never, and they just looked completely out of place, like they didn't know what they were doing. And I sort of thought, well, following on from how goal goes, I don't want to spot for anyone. It actually ends up quite well for Santiago. So I'm hoping it's just a little blip for the Titans players. Like it's the first time they've seen snow. They'll learn from this. They'll go train hard, and eventually they'll end up signing for Real Madrid and winning. It. No, sorry, they'll end up going to the Super Bowl and winning it all. But that's exactly what it looked like. It just like players that looked a bit clueless. They were just like, "There's something falling from the sky, and when I run, I don't have much grip. And it's, it's just.
0: I think. In my I think way of uh, tran- sorry. Yeah, I, I when I spoke to Ollie last week, um, and he asked me near the end of our chat, he said. Uh, well, mentioned the weather forecast. So, you, do you have any concerns about Tennessee coming into Green Bay? And I was quite bullish. I thought, well, wow, we've we've got Derek Henry. We'll just just hand the ball off to him even more than we usually do, and it'll it'll all be good. But no, you're, you're dead right. It felt like they just didn't know what to do in the weather conditions, and Green Bay knew immediately. And the, I think the condition of the field was actually relatively normal, despite its appearance. You know, players <laughs> were were able to make cuts. Um, it just seemed to take Tennessee about half the game to realise that, and Green Bay hit their strap straight away. Um, you haven't heard from Greg yet. Um, we need to cheer ourselves up.
3: Aren't you lucky? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a bit of a horror show. Um, in all honesty, I think it was one of those games. I mean, look, we we had the Cleveland game three weeks ago, thirty-eight-seven down at half time. Game was over we were only 12 points down at half time. It didn't feel like the game was over necessarily. You know, we knew that we had the ball as well and you kind of felt that, you know, if you're going to score, then, you know, all of a sudden it's a one score game again. And there's every chance you can come back into this. And we did, and we did exactly that. And we got ourselves back into a position that you all of a sudden start thinking this, this could end up being, this could end up being all right. We could end up getting something out of this, but we just imploded defensively, absolutely imploded. and, and, it just—it was just too easy for... The whole game was just too easy for Aaron Rodgers, too easy for, for Jones. Dylan got a fair few... I can't remember how many carries he actually got in the end, but he got a fair few carries and seemed to get a hell of a lot of joy. And Every time that yeah, we were forcing the offence to, again, to do things we don't really want them to be doing, and um, there was two interceptions that I think could have been avoided. Weren't able to use Henry because we were just down too much, and it was just a... Just an absolute horror show. But yeah, I kind of just going back to the point of the weather, I'm not using that as any kind of excuse. I don't think you can you can really sit there and say there was anything wrong with that field. Um I don't think there was anything other than poor scheming, poor game plan, poor execution. Um arguably at times on both sides of the ball. I thought offensively there's a couple of drives we did or a few drives we did okay, but on both sides of the ball it was just no inner good enough. You mentioned the field.
0: I think, actually, ironically, if the field had been terrible and there was no grip for anybody at all, it, it might have helped things in a, in a silly way, just with our, our superior game on the ground. Um, Green Bay just, I mean, they scored in their first possession, as it looked, uh, from Goskowski's kick to go out of bounds. So they only had 60 yards to, to go. It looked like they were going to from that point. Um, Tennessee had the ball actually a decent opening drive just, just stalled near the 30 yard line. There was a an odd call. I, I don't know what the yardage was. I think sort of five-ish from memory. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, on the 32 yard line, it's very obvious that the conditions meant that it's a, too long to attempt a field goal, but what's the point in punting from the 32? Especially, I mean, it went back into the end zone for a touchback. I don't. I think that was a tentative decision from Mike
3: Brable. Um, and from there, it, it, was, it was just ugly for a while. It was, but also, just, just, that is the complete opposite of what you expect from Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel yeah, would yeah. see that for what it is and think, okay, worst case scenario, they get the ball back on the 32. Best case scenario from a fake, we, we, I think it was seven yards, I think, looking at the player by player. I think it was seven yards to get. Yeah. You know, Best case, we go and convert it. And then really from there, you're, you're just outside the red zone. You fancy our offense getting a minimum of three points. But he had obviously had absolutely, in the conditions, had absolutely no faith in Goskowski kicking anything over fifty, which is ironic because it's the only thing he seems to be able to kick the year is over fifty. <laughs> well, that, yeah, but that's that's fair. You know, the, which is he, which is understandable. But then you saw Brett Kern punt uh, a touchback for the first time in about fifteen years, so it was just yeah, and it, it kind of for me those early stages, you you had the as you mentioned Goskowski's kick that went out of bounds. They went and drove up the field. The only thing that went right was then missing the extra point. And then that following drive, you're right, we were looking relatively comfortable. We were running the ball okay. We seemed to be moving the ball relatively well. And it just stalled and from there onwards there wasn't really a hell of a lot of, of promising activity from the Titans on both sides of the ball. But it just it was just too easy at times. There was just too much I don't know what it is about this defence this year. And I'm I'm every week I get more and more worried about them because we are going to be facing these kind of offenses pretty well. Even next week, we'll come to Houston. You know, we know that Houston have had an appalling season, but I still, I think they can put some serious points on us and it's going to be another shootout. I think it's going to be another one that we're going to need the offense to come and score 40 points to win this game. Um, And then when you get into playoffs, you're going to be up against teams again, that are going to have competent offenses. And this defense just can't seem to stop anything right now.
0: I think that we said this, Many times in the last few weeks, the defense has got to make plays and make stops or do do something, even if you you know we're going to give stuff up. Um, so just just to do something to break the other team's rhythm up. Um, frustratingly, and I think Green Bay's second drive, um, we got a stop, or we thought we got a stop. Um, an inexplicable late flag, or by by the way, a legitimate flag. No, no issues there at all. Rashawn Evans was an idiot, um, but it. It took—I don't know if it was NBC or if it was a thrown late—but it took a while to be aware of this flag. So we're celebrating this. Oh, it's fourth and fourth and ten. I think Green Bay had a first down. This is there's there's an opportunity here, and then you realise what's happened. Um, absolutely idiotic from Evans. There was no need for it at that point. We comfortably comfortably got them stopped. Um, there were there were just miscues like that. It just felt. Um, Miles, I mean, uh, the refereeing, officiating, we should say. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think. If, yeah, there's no way any of it would have changed the result. A couple of momentum shifters, um, but. Oh, could, well, could you spin that? I mean, there are there are three big officiating howlers that I think we we can mention. There's the, the blocked field goal, um, which wouldn't have mattered as it turned out, but for the fact that it was perhaps foolishly picked up by a hooker and returned most of the most of the length of the field. Then uh, you had, when it was 19... I think it was when it was 1914, Aaron Jones stepped out of bounds. Now, it was probably a 30-yard error. So rather than being midfield-ish, they were deep, in, in well inside the Tennessee red zone instead. Um, and then there was the, the weird punt that nobody mentioned that hit a Packers player and got down by the, the Titans that obviously would have been another shift. Mars, could you argue that any of those or all of those would have actually changed the result?
1: I've, I've been brought up as a football fan to say no matter how much you question the referee and the mistakes they make, that it doesn't affect the results of a game. You either win or lose a game based on how you perform as a team. But, I mean, the, the, for me, the, the offside on the blocked thing was, I think I've watched that play too many times to have a healthy there's no lifestyle. there's no hints
0: of it there's nothing there's no, no movement
1: there's there's no i
0: don't
1: so on, so on that one play i tried to I, I i went on countless cameras couldn't find anything it's a shocking decision and that could be because of the how close the score was you know you never know it's it's a, it was almost felt like it was a game of momentum because the final score felt like such a blowout and even though it was terrible it's like, all it takes is like one shift on the score early on to make a huge difference, which we've seen this year. I mean, the run from Jones is just, I've done the exact same thing. I'm you, You're seeing screenshots where you can see that his foot is touching the line. And I just don't understand why there hasn't been a decision there to question it.
0: My initial um, reaction was why didn't Brabel challenge it? But actually, it's, it happened. The Packers were savvy. It was on their side of the field. They knew what had happened. They got yeah. up to the line quickly and ran the next play before NBC had a chance to replay it. Um, but then, then you see the shot of the, the official right there, right in line. Yeah. You could clearly he you know, must have seen that. Um, the, the other thing I might say is that Dory Jackson's chasing Jones down that sideline. He must. Mm-hmm. He must have seen it as well. You think that there'd be some sort of communication? I might. I might be being harsh there, but most most of the blame is obviously with the the officials. There, it's not
3: really a Dory, ja- a Dory Jackson's job to see. No, it's no. just slightly gone out of bounds. I think it's that referees five yards away from it who who should have been seeing it. But he has one job, I, he literally has one job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I don't. I don't think. Look, um, they're all all three or four of those decisions were all an absolute joke, but there's no way we're winning that game even even if even if that that blocked punt is returned all the way up to the i think it was the 18 yard line by hooker sure would we have gone and scored a touchdown at that point you possibly i mean when it's got a touchdown the drive afterwards anyway so i don't think it's it's the it's the absolute end i of the think worlds. actually
0: we scored i think we scored weirdly that helped us because that was the first touchdown just before half time and then Green Bay didn't
3: have as much time on the clock, so you could argue. Yeah, you could argue it. I suppose to some extent. I mean, who knows? But I mean, it was still an absolutely ridiculous decision for an offside call to be to be given. I mean, also another one that seemed to come really, really late. Like you mentioned, the first one with Evans was about 20 seconds after the play was finished. That he, all of a sudden there was a flag. Um, that was another one that you know Hooker had already run it all the way up, but no one seemed to have picked up there was a flag that had been thrown at some point or another. It's just ridiculous. Um, and the one stepping out of bounds I also don't think would have made a big difference I really don't think that defence would have stopped them going to that, score a touchdown, that. it just delayed the inevitable so no, I don't think it was It was. I get what you're saying from a momentum perspective because you know there is, this is a game of inches and it is a game of momentum and we all know that but I just I just don't think anything on defensively we were never going to stop Aaron Rodgers we were never going to stop Devante Adams um, we were never going to stop Dylan and Jones running the ball, it was just one of those nights that I was just happy to get out with what well, from what I've seen anyway with, with very little in terms of injuries or anything to really upset the rest of the year. Yeah. Agreed. I'm, I'm by the way,
0: asking the questions on that. I don't, I completely agree with you. I don't, I don't think there's I don't think the officiating changed the result by any means far from it. um the, the conditions did, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and use that as an excuse, but if it's, a fine evening in Green Bay. I think you've got a very different game. I don't, I don't think directly because of the snow, but I just think psychologically, the, the Titans didn't just didn't deal with it. They were scared of it. It just didn't look ready for it. Um, and obviously, in a normal normal weather game,
3: that they don't have that effect. It felt like the whole game was kind of in slow motion. Like even when Henry was running the ball, it kind of felt like he was never really getting. I'm not sure what i am sure there's someone who's gonna come and tell me that he did run a twenty two mile an hour run like he like he we know he can do, but it just felt like it was taking him so much time to get to the line of scrimmage because of his footing. And and actually I think it probably would have been a better game potentially for someone like Evans or, or McNichols to you know, maybe someone who's a bit more elusive and almost skates over over ground rather than kind of puts their feet really in. It just didn't seem to this didn't seem to be Henry's kind of game or or the conditions didn't really suit what what he's good at but he's not gonna have an issue with that next Sunday which which is why we need a big day from from him okay um
0: we probably shouldn't dwell on this it's just it's one of those and and actually with most most people would have had the Packers winning that anyway regardless of conditions officiating um Here's a here's a weird, bonkers thing to come out of that game. It's the first time in NFL history that a team has won a game without having a penalty th- flag thrown against them and without having to punt. Don't know what that says. The penalty flag's the weird one. Yeah, if you thought the officiating didn't... stunk, the Packers didn't have a single <laughs> penalty
3: against them for the entire game. I mean, that's just no surprise whatsoever, is it? But the um, the one not forcing them to punt once in the game... Yeah. I mean, that just shows how, how bad our defense is, I think. Yeah. Um, the,
0: the task though is, well, it's, it's obviously to win in Houston week 17 win and the division is still ours. So thanks to the Pittsburgh Steelers for that ridiculous comeback win against Indianapolis. Um, that's, that was huge. Um, yeah, I dread to think the, what the scenarios would look like had that not happened. Um, but yeah, we'd we'd, still need to, we'd we'd still need to win in Houston, but as it stands, a win obviously clinches a division and a playoff spot. Um, we can clinch still clinch either without a win. Um, there's the potential that by the time the Titans kick off in Houston the play, uh, that a playoff spot at least is already confirmed if, if Buffalo can beat Miami, which you would think they would, given there's an incentive for them to get the number two seed um so depending on what Pittsburgh does they, they potentially need to need to win to do that the,
3: the, um, Jags, the Jags don't need to uh to tank now do they so they're definitely going to go and beat the Colts surely <laughs> well it may not matter and um, we
0: have to make we if that if we're relying on the Jags to beat the Colts then something's gone horribly wrong um but it yeah it would be Great to have the division and a home win, regardless of what happens in, in the Buffalo game. Um, Miles, have we? I mean, we've look, the Houston Texans are four and eleven. if I got that right? I think. And uh, they've had a shocking season, but a lot has gone on uh, coaching with their with their GM situation, um, some ridiculous um, <laughs> trades that they've done that we know about. Um, it, it's it's looked ugly. Um, one thing hasn't looked ugly for them all year and that's to Sean Watson but he's run out of things around him um the JJ Watt interview which you may have seen at the end of their game against the Bengals now he essentially had a public rant he didn't name anybody but he so sort of publicly criticized uh pretty much the entire team it felt and um the wrath of JJ Watt isn't something I would want. So there's the there's the danger that Houston are a bit more motivated in week 17. And weirdly, I, I don't. I felt more comfortable a year ago when they were resting their starters because they were already there. And this feels, in a funny way, more dangerous. However, surely we're a much better team than they are.
1: Well, you'd think so. Um, I mean, Watt's just upset because he's not the most well-known what anymore, and his brothers took over his uh, <laughs> his platform. That's the only reason he's getting angry because he's a nobody now, a, a nobody who I would quite happily see play for us next year if he wants to get some revenge on some of them Houston players that he's not happy with. Um, well, he'd
0: finally, I, be able to legitimately wear a Houston Oilers jersey if he did.
1: Wouldn't he? Exactly, he'd actually be able to get with it. But that's how I think it is. For what I think he's just upset now that TJs took over and Derek's better than them on special teams, I guess. Um, but with regards to, I mean, it doesn't matter what happens to the Texans. The Sean Watson's going to turn up. I mean, if you look at the whole of the NFL media, he's the second coming almost to everyone of just how he, everyone loves him. And in fair play him, he does make plays with not a lot of weapons around him. I mean, the weekend just gone was, I think, the only weekend where the, uh, the Shaw, uh, sorry, not the Sean Watson, the uh, Hopkins trade with uh, Johnson made sense because Johnson actually looked quite good. Uh, the week that's just gone by, and it's maybe the wrong time for him to be looking a little bit hot with one game left to go in the season. But outside of him looking okay and Brandon Cooks being the normal Brandon Cooks player where he generally gets 100 yards somehow and it just seems to happen every time, they're they're so low on weapons and morale and everything else that you have got a question. Is it just going to be what shouting in public that's going to get you motivated for this game? Because outside of that, I have no idea what sort of players are playing for contracts at the team, but I I can't see them having much motivation to go and beat us, even with us being a rival in the division. I just can't can't see them having the motivation or the quality to upset. Obviously, in the past, that's come to kick me in the backside when I've been overly confident in games. But outside of Deshaun Watson, who did get a knock at the end of the game, by the way, one of the final plays, he basically got his arm ripped off as it got caught in a helmet. So It'll be interesting to see how sort of he goes during the week. Um, no doubt, like Stafford, it's nothing, and he'll come out and throw four hundred thousand yards or something against us. But to me, there's just not enough on the offense or defense with Houston to make us think. Why can't Henry go and get his Russian title, and why we can't win the division? Hopefully.
0: Yeah, uh, if it goes wrong, we've we've only got ourselves to ourselves to blame, and that would be quite something. Um, Greg, how do you see it?
3: Mm, it's going to be a tougher tougher game than I think we would all want it to be, and certainly what the fuller record suggests. Um, I, I, I agree, I don't think he's got the weapons that he's had from previous years, but I still think he's got enough there to to put some points on the board. And the, the issue we've got is that I don't think he gets a lot of protection, but he's not going to need it against us. And, uh, you know, you could probably sit there and, and just replace all your own line with a load of, uh, a load of receivers and, and just, it's not, it's not needed because you, we're not getting anywhere near a quarterback at the moment. So, and you, you all know with Deshaun Watson that he's, he's one of those quarterbacks that even if you do put a bit of pressure on him, you can just, you can just get out of it. Uh, like it's like, it's too easy. And I think look, they're going to score 30 minimum there's absolutely no doubt about that so it's going to be a case of you know we need the offense to go and show up and score and score 40 points again which yeah we can do we know we can do and we've done it on several occasions this year it kind of feels a bit like the Lions game that you know you know they're going to score some points um and it's all about how you can you know how you can try and just get stops at the right time and keep scoring on the other end and we've got every chance that we can go away and do that but I'm um, Houston is, is a game that always fills me with dread because we've had a few battles with them in the past that have been a lot closer than than blowouts. And this is the sort of game that I actually do think they'll look at and think, we don't want them coming here and winning a title on a, in our own backyard. The title that, that Houston won last year, I think, if my memory says you're right. Mm. So they, they're not going to want that. Do, have they got enough to stop that? Possibly not. But... They're not going to want that, and I think they'll play hard because of it. Um, they got nothing to lose. I don't think they're going to want to finish the season four and twelve. They're certainly not going to get going to want to get uh, swept by us. And I think they'll they be the...
0: yeah. They don't it's, even it's... have they don't even have the draft pick as a motivation to lose because they traded it away.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's but it's just it, to me it's it's one of those it's a potential banana skin for us. It's one of those games that on paper we should be winning. We've got every reason. You know, this isn't a game that you can kind of sit there and and you know we have to win it. There's no excuse for for us not to go out and try and win it because we have to. Simple. It's not like a, a game earlier this year, like the Bengals game, where you think, yeah, we're expected to win it, but you know, if we if we don't win it, it's not the absolute end of the world. This is the end of the world. We lose this game. I can't see the Colts not beating the Jags, and then you're relying on other teams to to lose, which you know could happen to still make the playoffs. You don't to, you you want to to be in your own hands and get get go and win the game, get it over and done with. And I just want to win the division. I said this last week. It's it, it kind of feels like it's been long awaited. And yeah, you know, if you go and finish the season ten and six, it kind of feels like even though it's an improvement on last year and nine and seven, it doesn't feel like an improvement. Um, it kind of feels like there's there's areas of this team that has regressed. There's areas of this team that has pushed forward and, and improved but there's there's too many areas of this team that's regressed and sadly a lot of it seems to be on the defensive side of the ball yeah. the the ideal scenario
0: is that Buffalo have sealed a win or because they're playing at six o'clock um, and I, I hope I'm not wrong I'm going to look really silly if I'm wrong about that so Buff, Buffalo beat the Dolphins in the early game and then we've got Win and it's the division. But knowing that if we'd, something worst happened and we lost the game, we're still in the playoffs. That's the uh, that's what I'm crossing my fingers for. I, I think we're I think we should and we will win either way. For what it's worth, but I'd like to I'd just like to not be having heart palpitations throughout the entire game, which we're just used to. Um, the scenario where we win that game for the division is, yeah, it's still important. But I can li- sort of live with live with that a lot better there's not the fall isn't as obviously as huge it, and it's still so unlikely that we don't make the playoffs um but as as you say it's, poss- it's possible if certain results don't go away um i want to pose you both a question but before i do that let's hear from Ewan from the turn up for what podcast who i'm going to say miles spoke to but that would be a lie miles is going to speak to so future miles um, let's throw it to you. Now, I promised you future Miles, but you've got future Adam instead. Um, that's what happens when you, you try and plan for what's, what's going to happen. Um, but here we are. I've got Ewan um, from the Turn Up For What podcast with me um, to help us look ahead to, to Week 17 and the second Texans game of the year. Um, well, firstly, Ewan, how are you? Welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, very well, thanks. Yourself?
0: Uh, yes, good, thank you. Um, not too bad. Um, full of the usual dread every time we, we play the Houston Texans, regardless of how things are going for for either of our teams. Um, unusually, though, the Texans sit at 4-11, which just doesn't feel normal in recent years at all. Um, firstly, I mean, how do you feel the, the season's gone for you? That might seem an obvious question. Um, and secondly, how well, dare I say, how motivated um, the team is for Week 17. JJ Watt had a few words, um, but what are yours?
2: Yeah, I think if you think back to the game in Nashville, um, it, was, it was probably a microcosm of the season in many instances. Watson's played his best ball. He's played his entire career. Um, but the, the ultimate flaw of this roster is the fact that the defence can't stay off the field and stop the run. And giving up big runs at big times, like you saw the 90-yard or 90-odd yard run by Derek Henry in that game. You know, we did that on Sunday against Cincinnati. We did that in Chicago. Um, it's happened many times. We've just given big plays up at key moments when the offense has managed to work us back into the game. And I think the the issue is, I think you guys would probably would have liked us to help you out. We've fumbled the ball at the two twice against indianapolis and we and we should have uh and we should have really won the game in nashville if it hadn't been for the outstretched arm of uh, of jeffrey simmons so it's been uh,
0: the, the coin toss for overtime I'm yeah i say yeah. it that it came down to that, that game. yeah yeah i think it
2: did i mean you, you just yeah i mean there was the, the sort of clever kind of leaving 12 men on the field by mike raywell <laughs> stopped the clock about that helped, left a little bit of time on the clock but i think you Ultimately, when this defense needs to make a stop, it can't. Um, it's been an erosion of talent for a number of years, and some terrible kind of off-field decisions, and they've all started to compound now this season. And you've got to feel sorry for Watson in many senses because he's playing some fantastic ball, over seventy percent completion, just broke the franchise record to touchdowns in a season on Sunday. So he's he's not. Um, it's not been his fault. And it's 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 been the fault of of decisions made uh, by some departed and hopefully some two still depart the building. But there's a lot of uh, a lot of fixing to be done on this defensive side of the ball if we are to get back to the top of the division. But I, one thing I would say, and I mean this with genuine sincerity, that actually based on our performances against the Titans and the Colts this year, that's probably the biggest positive I've taken out of it because we're not far off their level. Um, and if that's the level we need to get back to to win the division and give get herself a chance in the playoffs, then I'm not too concerned. The bigger concern is looking above and beyond that, and as we should be with a guy like Watson in the building, how we how can we kind of get up to a level of, of Baltimore, Kansas City, and as we've seen this year. A bit of the Browns, but uh, definitely the Buffalo Bills.
0: As far as Deshaun Watson goes, now I, I can't ever feel that confident facing a team with, with him as, as quarterback, as the previous game showed. Um, you know, our two teams Actually have got similar issues, maybe different records, but similar issues on, on defense. Um is well firstly is Deshaun Watson gonna play? Um is he took a took a knock? Um I saw yeah, uh I
2: he's 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 uh his fingers I think, got cut in the face, match just um of uh of the of Sam Hubbard, um the head rusher from Cincinnati just in the last play fumbled the ball and um, and that killed the game, but I think if we hadn't fumbled there, we probably would have gone down and scored in one. But um, it's happened that many times now. I suppose you can't really make any assumptions what's going to happen because it's been the opposite of what you think might. Um, I, don't, I I think he probably will play. If it was me, I wouldn't play him. Um, but I suppose we let you know Tennessee into the playoffs in many senses last year and gave them a bit of a run. I think probably would be fitting for all the all the uh, all the water moon and uh, all the good. Oilers days sitting up on the walls and uh, off sitting over the bottom of the river in Broadway. If if uh, if we really get quite a bit of justice by, but I don't know. I, I think I think he will play. Um, but it just depends how the game goes early and if you take him out. They haven't taken him out at any point. He's you know very fixated on the fact he wants to play. So I I would think he will. Um, but I think the risk of him being injured at this point when he's your only asset or true asset that's going to you know welcome a new head coach and a new general manager, which we have to get right. And anything that could potentially affect that process would be short sighted. Because if Houston don't get this next hire right, you know, we're we're looking at like, you know, years of mediocrity, which he doesn't deserve. And uh and you know, we've had players like JJ Watts prime wasted, we've had guys like Andrew Johnson's prime wasted. And I'd hate for it to be his as well. And so this hire's got to be right. And I think when it, when you take the longer term view I think he shouldn't play, but uh, when it's a meaningless game for us all, um, I mean, the only outcome really is, is okay, you stop Tennessee getting the playoffs, which doesn't really mean a great deal on the grand scale of it for us, um, and uh, you know, non-emotionally, um, and I think the the the, the only issue is you can, you can change Miami's draft slate from third to nine with a win, potentially, if results go the way.
0: Yeah, I, d- I did I said that in jest, um, that, you know, Houston don't even have the well, not not that you have a motivation to lose to get a better draft pick, but having having traded that um, that pick to Miami, you don't even have that. Um, the, the JJ, Watt words? Um, I mean, you say in the grand scheme of things, it's you know, there's nothing really to play for for the Texans, but um, a divisional game stopping Tennessee getting into the playoffs. Um, JJ Watt, I mean, he he clearly doesn't see anything as a meaningless game. Um, he's called out his teammates for lack of fire um, not not presumably just in the Bengals game but generally um will they respond to that um how do you how do you see the level of incentive for week 17
2: yeah i think i think the 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 national or wider perception of JJ is probably different to people you know i think you take the the jocks jocks sniffers out of it and you you take the people that actually watch the tape and watch the watch the actual work into the team and a lot of it is about him um and it's about you know, has it's it's not necessarily for sure. and I, I do believe it's sincere, but I, I think you know, you don't become that wealthy off the field without being very savvy in what words you put out and and how you mould a brand and, and all this kind of stuff. So a lot of that's for me if I was in the change room, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be you know, I, don't, I look, I think if you wanna if you want to attack a problem, you go and speak to the person about it. You don't go and you know tattle to the media about it. He's done that a number of times this year. Um you know, and there's been issues where players have you know, there was Bradley Roby missed the trip um to Jacksonville because there was an issue and he got called up by one of his teammates, you know, quite rightly. But that was done behind closed doors and it wasn't, you know, necessarily yeah. a, a bravado or a, a a showing in the media. So, you know, I think he's very good at managing his perception. He's not played well this year either. So I think he's got to look at himself in the mirror. Um I think there's a big issue with him being, you know, the talent around him and that front seven's not good. But he swims a lot of blocks, gets caught up the field, doesn't, you know, doesn't hold contain, not setting the edge correctly, and uh, and he's not the electric rusher he once was. You know, and you saw that in the in the first Tennessee game, the second that uh, what's his name for the boys, um, what's his name, the tackle, um, Tyler Luan, yeah, Luan. Taylor Levan, as soon as he went out, the replacement comes in and he beat that guy. But he didn't beat Levan. So, it, you know, prior to that, really, um, to make enough difference on the game and that fumble that swung the game um, was, w- w- you know, w- was a result of a, of, a, of a second string guy coming in. So he's not played that well either. So I think, you know, if you want to really proactively go and tackle issues, go and speak to the guys about it and address it in private, Doing it in the media, I think just for show. And, you know, he may be pre-contexting his departure, and if you can get a significant haul for him, which I doubt any team would be willing to part with this, his injury record, plus the stage of his career, plus the drop in production. If you can get something for him this offseason and take it and help and help rebuild a longer term view of this defense, um, but I mean, we can you can never never take away from the sort of 2011 to 2014 and the 15 years. I mean, it was the best. I don't think anybody will ever eclipse that level of performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a defensive player ever. Um and Aaron Donald at his prime is not even quite at that level. So um he he's been a great player, he's not continued to be a great player this year. Injuries have taken their toll. Um so I think you know the the sentiment would have been better placed at addressing the issues off season. But look, this team was on the back foot from the decision made off the field this season. So I am sure a lot of the frustration has been born out of that.
0: Yeah, sure. Um I mean, I'm guessing it sounds as though you have or you should have confidence in in the Sean Watson and the Texans' offense to score points against the Titans. Um, how much confidence do you have in the the defense to stop the Titans scoring enough points to win?
2: I mean, the, I think it will come down, you know, how do we play the run? Um, and Luke Henry will, you know, build into the game and he, he does that, you know, all year round. Um, you see that in the second half of the season, he comes alive, second half of games, he comes alive. So there's definitely uh, an element of how well do you stop the run. And um, <clears throat> if you can contain that and you put the game on Tannehill's shoulders and he can't play play action as effectively. Um, and and look, you don't have to have a, a run game to, to be effective at play action. But, then that, you know, that's his bread and butter. So it certainly I think helps, it, yeah. Yeah. It, um, so I think he's – he, it will come – you know, if it comes down to quarterback versus quarterback and you can keep all our things equal, I think, you know, Houston have got a chance at Watson, in fact, to play. Um but it's it's got to be setting the setting the run. You know there have been games this year where we have set the edge well and and uh, defended the run, been stout in your gap discipline and and making sure you know. And I think we've got a, a terrible issue where we've got linebackers who shoot gaps before the play's developed and get caught out, um, and then you know linemen are then get to the second level and clearing lanes. So we need to we we need to understand. Um, you know and look Tennessee run a very simple run game. It's outside zone left, outside zone right, and a couple yeah, of yeah. in between. There's not a huge amount to it. So. Um, schematically, shouldn't be a challenge. It's just players being disciplined. And how much do they want it? How much tape do they want to put out for the rest of the league if it's not going to be here? Because you've got to remember, there's going to be a huge clearout in this building at the end of the season. So there, there will, you know, there's there's an opportunity for guys to go out and put one last performance out there, um, and trying, you know, put some good tape out there for the next coaching staff, and next general manager, um, and his crew to. To, to assess. So I think you've got to you've you've got to just be disciplined and not let those get you know those big breaking runs like we talked about in the first game because if you take that play out of it, you know, probably, you know, the, the odd swing in Houston's Fair, particularly after they forced the fumble one of the short field um and then scored at that point. So it'll be interesting. We've actually ran the ball really well in the last couple of weeks when we hadn't done previously all the seasons. So um I yeah, that...
0: David Johnson had a really Yeah, he's good had game, a couple of good
2: games and I th- I think, you know, we're talking about this the simple zone concepts that um the Tennessee run, and actually, that's entirely. You know, and I don't mean that in any in any uh, disrespect, because I think you know that's what, kind of what we've done this week, and that's what David Johnson does well. One cut, runner balance, gets to the line, makes his cut, and goes. And we've done that the last couple of weeks, and we just tried to overthink it, be too cute at times, and just not be effective. Last in the league in offensive uh, ground yardage, uh, but Watson sitting first in the league in yards per attempt in the air. So it shows you where the balance is. Um, I feel for David Johnson. Um, there's still some form of player in there. He's just been used terribly. Um, and I can't wait to see the back of this coaching staff, if I'm honest, because O'Brien for all, for all his flaws, he was the best coach on that staff. And a lot of the guys were people that he brought in. If yet call it yes men, call it whatever you like, um, but they're not very good. And we're not very good at making adjustments. And we're not very good at, um, at setting game plans and adjusting in games. So, so I think there's, there's, the game will be won and lost. I think on the ground, as old school as it is. And, um, and I think you saw that, I think, in the snow, didn't you? Which was probably would have been a concern for you last Sunday when you, you know, a game that you're probably, you'd think that the Tennessee formula um, is built to win in a game like that. And then A.G. Dillon, obviously, he was a bit overdraft in the second round coming out of Boston College, but he comes in and kind of sort of Derek Henry, a new world, if you like.
0: I think we've, we've obviously discussed this early, <laughs> earlier in the podcast that the, the Titans probably panicked a bit about the weather. Uh, didn't prepare for it as well as they might have done um and green bay showed right from the get go that they knew how to play in the snow um, and in actual fact the field was in relatively decent order um, you could make football moves you could make cuts um that the titans were just a bit too tentative and the game was gone by the time they realized really i mean they had a moment at the start of the second half but other than that just beaten by the better team to be fair um it's anybody's guess with all the stuff that all the variables going on um, Houston largely looking ahead to the offseason um, but give us a finger in the air score prediction
2: for week 17. No, I think it'll be yeah, but I think obviously it depends that the, the X factor is if Watson plays or not um, and I think you've got the added asset or, or the added facet rather um, of the Colts playing the Jaguars you've got to assume the Colts win that Um yeah. So yeah. you. So it's you know it, it wouldn't it wouldn't um it wouldn't necessarily be in the Titans' favor not to be aggressive and go for it. So so it would suggest that you're probably going to have to be less reliant on the run um if it's tight early. But I think look I think the issue is with Houston that concede early, um and and they've got the worst I think the worst record in the league on the opening score drive. So if you if you knock that one up, um early then you know when you force Houston to chase your game and you can run the ball then I think I could see a, a comfortable Tennessee victory. But look I think we, as you said. The Texans have got uh, a good record um, against Tennessee, and and they, they they find ways to to play them well, and and, and as you as often, find the divisional games are closer than you might think. I think Tennessee will still win, maybe twenty four to twenty one, something like
0: that. Okay, well let's hope you're right. Um thanks so much for for coming on, Ewan. Um, once again, um, for the second time this year. Um, where can where can people find your work outside of our podcast? Um, you yeah, your you can- own.
2: Yeah, um, the turn up for what podcasts on uh, all mediums. Uh, You can check us out at podcasttexans.com, at podcasttexans on Twitter and Facebook.
0: Lovely. Um, Thanks again. Thanks again for your time. And we'll chat next year, next season, hopefully, if not sooner.
2: Yeah, all the best if you make the playoffs and uh, catch you soon. Thanks.
0: There we go. This is Past Adam um, receiving receiving it loud and clear back from Future Miles. thanks for that thanks you and obviously thanks to everybody who's done this for us this year and um, hopefully you've you've enjoyed listening to fans of other teams and and learning about our opponents in advance we've been careful not to get them back on afterwards um you know any hindsight is best left ignored generally um back to the question i was going to ask you both and with this team having at least 10 wins um I'll start. Well, I'll go to you, Mars, first. Um, which is a better team, the twenty nineteen Titans or the twenty twenty Titans?
1: Uh, the twenty nineteen Titans are better because defensively, they carried us through half the games. I, I would, I couldn't even imagine if we had a, def, a defense that I'm not going to say tried even as hard as last year, but performed even as well as last year what sort of record we could have this year because we would have beat the Steelers and a couple of other results this year would have gone our way. I think it it purely comes down to our defence looked like they had coordination if you gave me one to choose. Granted, we've got Tan Hill and Henry under a contract in this team, but I, I'd still say last year was better than this year.
3: Greg, do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I think offensively we're a better side than we were last year, but the defence has, has fallen so far, that it kind of outweighs how good the offense has been in that regard, and um, you just got to look at those playoff games and the stops that we were getting and the domination that we had against teams that you know, one of them, one of them being the MVP Lamar Jackson and, and arguably the best team in football last year, and and we kept them to was it twelve points I think it was or something like that. Um, I don't matter who it doesn't matter who we playing in the playoffs this year we're not keeping a single team to 12 points um or anything close to that so i think 2019 I, I'd have more confidence in the 2019 titans if if they were playing right now uh, than I do the 2020 titans just because I, I kind of fear that there's games can just get away from us um and I don't feel like in, at this time last year a game's ever going to just get away from us like it feels like games do at the moment which is which is quite frustrating. I'm going to give you a slightly different take. While I
0: broadly agree um the the 2019 Titans started with a quite dysfunctional offense. Um and we got it together uh, towards the end of the year and into the playoffs. Uh, particularly Derek Henry got things moving. Um Tannehill, obviously a big part of it. Um but I just think he's gone from strength to strength in 2020. Look at AJ Brown, look at Corey Davis. Um okay the tight ends perhaps aren't haven't quite performed as well. Not that I'm criticising them by any means, far from it. Um, but this this offence this year to me is absolutely superb. But where I agree with you is I'd rather I think I'd rather have the good defence because you just you sort of like you'd never relaxed as a Titans fan, but I trust trust a good defence and a mediocre offense
3: more than the other way around I don't think we've even got a mediocre defense Um... this team this team doesn't even need a good defense it just needs an average defense yeah it just needs a defense that can get stops when they need like it's I don't mind us giving up some scores occasionally you know I can live with that because you know we're playing against pretty good offenses and the Green Bay game was a great example of that could have conceded three touchdowns in that game but we didn't we conceded was it five or whatever it was in the end it's 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 one of those ones that we just, it never looks like we're going to get a team off the field and it never looks like we're going to even force them to fill goals. We just feel like you're just waiting for the inevitable touchdown and then it's okay, let's get the offense back on again, claw it back. And that is something you don't really want to go into the playoffs being. You want to go into the playoffs being a team that has a defense that, you know, it, I'm not looking for an elite defense. I'm not or I'm not expecting an elite defense. I'm not expecting a defense that's just going to take teams off the field every single drive. Just a defense that can take them off enough for the offense not to have to go and score 40 points plus a game
0: i'm struggling to think of a game this year where the op- opposition hasn't scored points or, d- or their the offense hasn't functioned you know, the buffalo might be the only example i could think of and the only reason for that
3: was turnovers denver's um, the only one i can think of de- yeah de- yeah first, first game of the season i think that both sides both sides offensively were pretty poor in the night so yeah there hasn't been i mean look even the detroit game we still considered 25-20 actually uh, yeah so I mean, they, they still they still made that competitive at the end though mm. like i know mean, it's garbage time really that they scored most of their points but they they still made that a uh, was that eight point game in the end i think or something like that i can't actually remember off the top of my head but you, you you have to be you have to be clinical on both sides of the ball and i think offensively we can be clinical there's no doubt about that we've seen that all year but defensively just there hasn't been a game where I felt possibly one or two games where where I felt like we've been we've been good enough. Every other game has just been pretty appalling. This this team can beat anybody, but it just it needs,
0: and it, it'll be the same thing in Houston. It'll be the same thing in any potential playoff game that the offense can't falter too much because of the pressure that's put on it. So. You can't have too many random three and outs, or you know, Tanner Hill's got to play almost perfectly every every game, and the defense has got to do something at some point. Um, whether that's a fluky interception, a forced fumble, you have to create, create turnovers. And um, because getting stops just is, is so hard and so rare, it's, you, you, it's a wing and a prayer. Um, and it, it so can I'm, I'm, when I'm... you've when you've got this offense, it can happen.
3: Yeah, I've got a question for for you both. Would you rather play Miami at home or the Ravens at home? I would
0: rather play. I mean, we feel like we've got the wood over the Ravens, but that's uh, just that. Uh, I don't. I, I still feel <laughs> feels uncomfortable. No, it's got uh, Miami for me comfortably. Mm. I can just I don't fear that offense.
1: I, the thought of losing to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Also deeply, deeply hurt. Um, but um, to to me, it's our, our defenses are worrying. Baltimore could cause much more pressure to our defense than Miami could, so I'd, I'd rather play Miami.
3: So the re- the reason I asked that is because I was just looking at your uh, ESPN playoff machine as we were looking at last week, and if the Bill, if we win against Houston, uh, the Colts beat the Jags as we expect, and then the Bills beat Miami we will be at home to Baltimore. If Miami beat the Bills, we'll be at home to Miami. So that's that's the reason I thought it would be interesting. Because we're sitting there, th- I know Adam, you just said, you know, to get into the playoffs, you know, we, we want Bills to win this game. But I, I actually, I think I fancy Miami over over Baltimore. I think Baltimore, I was I a, <laughs> a bit of a beating at some point. And I, I really I, I can't, to be I
0: can't, I can't root for that result. For that reason, because I just don't trust us
3: enough. Just, I no, no, agree. hundred <laughs> percent. This is very much on the on the presumption that we go and beat the Texans. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's just out of interest because it will feel a bit. Uh, I don't know if not bittersweet because I, I probably won't give it monkeys if we go and win on Sunday. Really, just to be in the playoffs and have a home playoff game will be uh, will be good enough. But in a way, I, I must admit, I think I fancy. I don't think Miami offensively. I, I don't think they've got enough. As Or as much as the Ravens do. I, I really, really fear playing the Ravens again. I think the Ravens can easily go and... They've got a bit hot go for lately, us lately go as well. And they, yeah. yeah. And this defence isn't isn't capable of stopping them. Yeah. No. I completely agree. I did have a
1: little thought. I did have a little thought with our defence, and it could be statistically I'm completely off. But is there any chance at all that our offence has almost been too good? The defense last year was had so much more time to be off the field because Henry was spending 12 minutes running down the field. But now that we've been having these quick Tannehill plays, where it's like one play to Corey Davis and the defense is straight back on. Is there anything at all in that? In that our de- our offense has changed a little bit, where it's become so good that it's not given our defense enough time to rest up and properly scheme what they're going to do because there's no coordination
3: there. Did, did Mike Vrabel just text you? Like... It's,
1: do you know what well... this is me trying to find <laughs> positives out of a negative and it's, <laughs> it just came to my
3: I just and I, get, it's I get... like are we that good uh, that
1: our defence has got worse because of it
0: the time of possession battle we are largely losing but that's not just that's not because we're scoring too quickly well it, it, it might be sometimes but it's that the defence isn't getting teams off the field you you make your own bed Um there. They're probably knackered because they're not stopping teams, so they're on the field a lot. With, to be fair, we're not giving up that many big plays, but that can hurt us for that reason. Um, but you don't give up many
3: big plays if you stand, your corners are standing ten yards off, the of receivers the whole time. We give, we're giving up. What is it? Six and ten third downs though or even more I don't I remember what it is but when you're giving up I mean that just sucks the life out of you as a fan let alone as someone who's actually playing on the defense every third down that that gets converted I just I just sink into my sea a little bit more because it might mu- it just must suck the life out of you as a defense though it just must do especially when you went for us we're we're like kings of just giving up third and longs and that is another thing you kind of think third third and ten I mean, it's, it's a bit like the the Green Bay, you know, the, even just a penalty from Evans, you get him off, you think right, fourth down, everyone's celebrating, high fives galore, and then all of a sudden you see that that would just, for me, it would just sap all my energy, and would just make you know, you're not thinking right, let's go again, let's get them off. It's freezing cold, you're in the snow, and you're thinking, for Christ's sake, that we had we had them done. Why on earth is that penalty now costing us? It's just one of those. It's one of those things that this this the, there's too many short plays that just keep teams on the field or keep the defense on the field, but keep that, keep them ticking over and over and over. And you just have to look at the I think it was a Colts game. I mean, I, I think the average throw was probably six, seven yards from, um, from Rivers um, because he, yeah. that's what he just kept doing, getting rid of it before anyone could even get close to, to, to rushing him. Same with, yeah. But it actually it's got worse as the
0: season's gone on. Aaron Rodgers and, on sunday he didn't even need to get rid of it quickly because he just couldn't
3: get pressure at any point he had all day every drive um yeah, 15 oh, this seconds, is uh, 15 seconds jogging around the field um was pretty much proof of that like no one got even near him it was actually chased quite by
0: jeffrey points. simmons <laughs> jesus <laughs> no disrespect to jeffrey simmons but we haven't drafted him for his speed uh, and the plenty of other phenomenal attributes um I'm not criticizing him for a second, by the way. Um, right, let's move into non Titans related stuff. Um, I think we've done enough Titans related. Hope um, you both have a good Christmas. Miles, I know you've been working, but, um, or maybe this is uh, now you're enjoying it.
1: Well, yeah, I've got three days off. Uh, today I've spent the day in bed uh, doing nothing which is my idea of what Christmas should be. Um, having a couple of drinks and just sort of forgetting about work, which obviously, as we all know, isn't possible because of the person that invented emails and Microsoft Teams and generally everything else. So as much as it's, it feels like it's nice to get away, you're not ever that far away. Um, other than that, it was, it, was, it was nice enough. Yeah, I was, unfortunately, I worked there 8 a.m. till uh, 2 a.m. on Christmas Eve. So Christmas Day was spent sleeping. We sort of took the shine of Christmas Eve. I got Christmas dinner. That's all I needed. Just a big plate of meat, potatoes, and gravy, and I'm happy.
0: Obviously, we know, as we know, Christmas isn't isn't the same this year. Um, for yeah, we don't need to go <laughs> go into that. Obviously. Um, as for non-Titans related, um, what do you want to rant about? Oh, the opposite. You know? This isn't just Just for rants.
1: Um, well, I wanted to give you the opportunity to congratulate me for winning my uh, fantasy football league this year, going uh I have to be
0: suffering from some technical difficulties. Um, Greg, let's let's go to you, um, non-Titans related.
3: Yeah, so mine was going to be I also won my fantasy league this year, uh, so I just wanted to, you to congratulate me on... Uh, <laughs> no, um, first and foremost... Um, this is disgusting already... behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> for,
1: anyone,
0: but, for anyone like, I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Sorry, you're, you're back. I'm you're sure you on. didn't.
1: <laughs> Did you, it, it, it's perfectly fine. Uh, when my trophy arrives, I'll send you a duplicate so you can sort of share the experience with me.: um, But I, I mean, I've,
0: I've actually won two leagues myself this year, but because it's mind numbing to anybody else, I'm not going to mention that, but I mean you carry on.
1: Um, so my, my more realistic thing, which I was going to rant about, which should be people muting you against your own will on your own podcast, um, is a simple one in that people shouldn't be allowed on the roads if they're scared of ice or snow. We've had a little bit of a, a snowfall over the past couple of Are you still days talking about
0: here. the Titans in Green Bay? Just... <laughs> Do
1: you know what that was? It was weird to actually watch the game, go to bed, wake up, and suddenly have snow outside. I felt like I'd woke up in this sort of like nightmare whereas in Wisconsin or something getting, but yeah, just when I see people who drive at like one mile per hour on a 40 road, because they're literally terrified of hitting a little bit of ice where you're not going fast enough where you can actually cause yourself any form of danger. I'm all for being a safe driver and no one's in a rush and getting there in one piece, but I just wish people would sort of almost grow up a little bit and just take it for what it is. Just don't, don't be an idiot and you can drive your car like a normal person. Your car weighs over a ton. It's not just going to like cripple over at five miles per hour.
0: I did. I did spin once on the ice when I was about 18 and um, full high speed. It was, I felt like going around about six times, but I think the reality was it was just a 180 ended up facing the direction I'd come from.
1: <laughs> so so um, it wasn't a handbrake turn to impress someone.
0: It, it, it would have looked like that. It, um, yeah. Yeah, entirely down to ice. Um but yeah it, yeah it's knowing how to how to drive isn't necessarily going at 1 miles an hour. Yeah. Absolutely. Um Greg I inadvertently cut you off but that was only to bring Miles back here I inv- inadvertently cut off so uh, uh all good. All good. Course. Yeah no
3: mine my my, uh, my Christmas was uh was was interesting being in tier 4. Um it's not like any Christmas I'd previously and also now my body clock is all over the place because obviously Decided to to sleep in a bit on, on Monday as it wasn't, wasn't working. And then got to a point last night where I was like, I'm still nowhere near tired enough to go to bed and end up watching the uh, the Pats get beat by the Bills. So now it feels like it's actually about 2 in the afternoon and it's not. It's uh, it's actually nearly 8 p.m. So it's uh, yeah I'm a little bit all over the place at the moment. But yeah, so my non-times related is, um, is um, I think I mentioned this on our WhatsApp group the other day. Um, I've noticed it more and more. Uh, as more... U.S. soccer players move to Europe to to play football, um, or soccer as you as you guys call it. Um, more the more the U.S. men's national team account tweets every single time one of their players starts a game in a in a meaningful league, whether it be Christian Pulisic starting for Chelsea and they have to celebrate the fact he's starting a game. Um, or whether it's uh, the Gizu place plays for Schalke, or I can never remember the name of. It's it just feels like a little bit. I mean, like we we have the NFL UK over here that do a very similar thing. As they soon do, as do any... the exact flip. And an, any, anyone who has any kind of, even if it's just like a best mate is theirs from London, that's enough for them to tweet that, uh, that that they've got some affiliation with London or the UK in some way. And it just it's Did you really know really that annoying.
0: Jack Crawford is British
3: from from London, somewhere here, Yeah, who knew? Yeah. They should mention, mention that. Yeah, and F- Effi Abada apparently. Um, <laughs>
0: We've moved on uh, a bit from Jai luckily. luckily. Well, I was going to say one.
3: it's actually the, that is the best thing about J. no longer playing in the league, is we don't have to keep hearing about it. Um, it's it's yeah, it's just really, just really starting to grow in my gears. I've seen them all the time. Someone retweets that Christian Pulisic is starting for Chelsea. It's like they play they play 38 Premier League games a season. There's a good chance he's going to be playing a fair few games. <laughs> like you don't have to tweet every single time he starts <laughs> a game. It's just, yeah, and it grows a bit tiresome, to be honest. And the NFL UK can stop it as well because, yeah, we all know Effie Abada's from London. We all know Jack Crawford's from London. We don't we don't need reminding of it every single week. <laughs> <laughs> a quick thing to finish yeah. off then. Um, TikTok,
0: we've covered, we've mentioned TikTok before. Now, I'm not on TikTok. I would imagine never likely to be. Can't rule it out. Yeah, maybe I'll get into it. Maybe I'll make some videos of dancing on logos or whatever it is. I want to know, though, why every TikTok video I've ever seen is flipped back to front. So it's the mirror image of what it's supposed to be. This must be deliberate, or it must be like a, a thing. Like, I don't really understand a lot of what, about what the kids are into these days, but this one, I can't get my head around.
1: Just just show well, it the way, right way around. Know. Yeah, if there's one thing I know, millennials love that when it's the wrong way. It really makes them happy. There's no logical reason to it, probably. (laughs) It's just, they've done it and gone, well, they're not going to complain, are they? They don't know what's right or wrong. Let's just leave it.
0: But I saw that this Juju Smith-Schuster did it against the Bengals, and and he obviously got hit into next week as a (laughs) possibly direct result of doing that. And I saw a a little montage, is that the right word, or a compilation of all his TikTok? So he danced on... Other logos as well, and I just, I'm watching this, and uh, all these logos are back to front. Like, so I mean, if, if I see you occasionally see like the Titans logo back to front with the, the, it's the wrong way round, and you just like, it just doesn't sit right. But I notice it with the 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 Jags that Juju's dancing on top of, like even there, it, it, the
3: little things,
0: little things that eat away.
3: I've, ne- oh. I've never used never used TikTok, and the last time I've had any any kind of reference to TikTok is when I was learning to, to tell the time. So that's this. I have I have absolutely no idea what what that's all about, but I don't well, I must clearly it's know, the two mirror, o'clock in
0: the afternoon for you. You've done clearly, something wrong.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the um, the mirror image thing is it's not just yeah. I also get it. Um, I also get it at work when when I'm using uh, Microsoft Teams. As we mentioned earlier, it's the same thing. You kind of have like a a mirror mirror verse of yourself so it's where it's on my right it actually looks like it's on the left and yeah but also yeah, so if
0: you it's enough so it's fine i'm fine with seeing like if you're on a video call you should see the mirror image of yourself but that isn't what the other people will see if the no, software is no. correctly but yeah this this stuff you're publishing it um i i, I do a obviously a video every monday um on the transatlantic titans twitter and like if i got that wrong it's just me talking there's nothing else in the shot but i'm you know,
3: we, should, we should set up a tick we should set up a tiktok account just for your monday videos <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have Thank
1: to you. dance on a badge of the team that we've just played
0: also i've them to two minutes 20 because i someone told me that that's the longest that twitter will allow and i've no idea if that's true or not um, so it's, a good, good it's quite
3: funny when, when you get to the end and you start speeding up because you realise you've got four seconds left <laughs> <laughs> oh yes um, also
0: as an aside it's my wedding anniversary tomorrow and neither my gift nor card have arrived in time yeah. that's, that's for would you like to spend this, to this time
1: now to uh, give your gift over the internet through the form of podcast
3: Mm, that's that's just the replacement help matters have you not got a poem or <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: i can lend you one
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 2020,
1: what, 2021 is not ready for the round two of the hey k adams poem just you wait little <laughs> teaser
0: also i suspect calling mrs f k adams in a poem isn't going to help things
1: um it doesn't help we... things when it's actually k adams either just so you know
3: <laughs> we, 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 can <laughs> tweak, we can tweak little bits of it. We can tweak little bits of it. I'm sure she's not massively into her fantasy football either. So we'll just tweak a few bits. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, well, so anyway, happy anniversary you to... to you to you and Mrs. F. Th-
0: thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um 30th of December is an unusual wedding anniversary date, but um... clever.
3: Clever. Clever. It's a great time. <laughs> no, no, uh, no one. I'm guessing you had like 20 guests to your wedding because everyone's like, oh god. Doing it over Christmas and New Year, I'm away or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Uh, it was actually, it was a bit dicey. There was
0: some severe weather around that that time that year, um, and we—I don't think, yeah, everybody managed to show up in the end. But it was a bit of anxiety about that. Um, driving from Nottinghamshire down to Heathrow in the heavy snow to catch a, a flight to go on honeymoon, and um, was anxious as well. Um, yeah, that yeah. was fun. But we, we, we got there. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm digressing somewhat.
1: <laughs> I'm assuming turkey was on the menu.
0: Turkey. No, no turkey. the last thing anybody wants on the 30th of December was, was turkey. Bangers and mash, as it goes. Oh, I thought you we were talking about the honeymoon. <laughs> 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 on that note, um, thanks. Thanks, anybody. <laughs> thanks, Greg. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um get in touch at Transatlantic TN on Twitter. I'm we apparently have an Instagram page, um maybe a TikTok page to come, who knows? Um, we'll be back next week to hopefully preview a home playoff game. Um tighten up in the meantime, everybody. Cheers, Foxy. No, <laughs>